Hey, Magic fans, Dante Marcatelli here from the Orlando Magic in Fox Sports, Florida. You're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Paul, Garen, and Mikey. Go Magic! What's up, Magic fans? Welcome to episode nine of Orlando Magic UK's weekly pod, Penny for Your Thoughts. Uh, it's nice to see that Mikey's paid his electric bill this week. Um, <laughs> other than that, how are you both? Very well, mate. Hey, Thank you. It's only taken me nine episodes to figure out how to change the light settings on my Mac. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Cool. How are you, Paul? All right? Yeah, really good, my friend. Thank you very much. Yourself? Excellent. Yeah, very well. So um, it's been a busy week in the Magic Kingdom and the NBA in general. Um, so let's kick it off because uh, we've got a lot to get through. Um, so the first topic we have this week is take ourselves back to the last Tuesday, uh, day before the draft, three days before free agency started. Um, so let's just um, have a look at the, the team's direction and what you were looking for. Um, throw it over to you, Mikey. Yeah, I think before the draft last week, it's it's good to have a little bit of context. Um, it'd be interesting to know what your both your opinions are of Jeff Weltman and the job he's done since he's come in. Um, before the draft, um, I think when you look at the job Jeff has done since he's come in, I don't think any... I think we all didn't realise what a big job he had in repairing the image of the magic when he took over from Rob Hennigan. Um, not just on the court with the team and, and the players we had, when you think we had like Bismack Biombo and Jeff Green and players like that then, uh, it was also off the court and the rumours of the organisation and management uh, interfering a little bit with the basketball operations side of it. Um and the reason I want to talk about that is because Jeff is still trying to do his work of getting out of the mess that Rob Hennigan left us in. We're still paying uh, Timothy Mozgov this season $5.5 million and next season because we stretched his his contract last year when they waived him. Um, so the work that he's putting in is still, is still not complete. He's drafted really well. We've got a nice core of young players there with Fultz and Isaac and Bamba's got some work to do. Um, and really, it was just adding another young piece to what we've already got. And actually, it's quite a young roster um, when you look at the age of a lot of the players we've got on the team. Um, so when it comes to the draft, I, to be honest, I didn't do a lot, of, a lot of homework. There was a couple of players like uh, Devin Vassell, um, and Kira Lewis, they were two that I had on my uh, on my short list of players I was looking at. Uh, but when you listen, when you look at all the uh, all the uh, the news and and all the stuff that everyone was saying about Cole Anthony and the ability he's got, um, it kind of shocked everybody because he's not a long seven foot guy with a wingspan and everything else. It was a kind of against the grain of what what Jeff's normally drafted, um, but. The guy can score the ball. Um, he was a projected number one pick before last season. Um, so we might have a steal at number 15 from last week. How about you, Paul? I'll be honest, pal. Um, 
I just thought we'd got last last Tuesday coming into this week that we we knew was going to be such an important one for the team. I'd got little idea of which way we were going to go. Um, we've got so many decisions to make, so many issues to deal with um, on the court, needs that we'd got, um, who we were bringing back, which direction we were going to go. And a lot for me on that one probably depended on what we were going to do, who was available in the draft for us. Um, you know, talking about direction of the team at that point, for me, sorry to upset any Magic fans here, but I think we needed to learn a lot from what Miami had done. Um, they'd rebuilt really, really well. They've got a team. They've got a team that plays with ball movement. They defend together. They play really, really tough defense. And at times, you look at us, and we're in that mold. Um, but they have just done such a good job of picking up undrafted players. Um, they've got the obviously, ability to attract a star, which they did in Butler last season. But what they did is kind of a model that I felt we should be looking towards. Um, and as such, I, you looked at the squad and the needs that we'd got within that squad, and I had, I've got, to be honest, I've got no idea how we could possibly address all the needs that we'd got in one off-season. Um I wasn't hugely in favour of blowing it up, as I know several fans, quite a few fans were. Um, I, the reason for that is because I felt that the value of our assets, of our main assets, is overstated. Um, I don't think that there's as much of a trade market available for Aaron Gordon and Vooch and Evan as people think. Um, equally, I, I like us being in the postseason, so I don't really want us to see us take a huge step back. However, that being said, I'll be happy to do it for a year if, with Jonathan Isaac being out this season, um, things don't play out in the way that we'd all hope. And I'd rather us be taking a little bit of a step back, if that's the case, this season, um, than just being scrabbling around at 10th and playing one game in the playing tournament. So that's where I was kind of. Yeah. No, that's, that's where I'd have us as well, to be honest with you. Um, all these talks of, you know, bringing in Westbrook for, you know, a Gordon or a Vucevic. Uh, you looked at Westbrook's age, his uh, salary he's owed. Um, it wasn't really building a championship um, calibre team. It was, you know, First round and out, bit of excitement, bums on seats, um, you know, get that franchise player, albeit uh, on the on the you know the latter side of his uh, career. So you're better off looking, you know, to the draft, uh, drafting well, uh, trying to keep a core, develop players, um, and go from there. And um, the team did that in large, didn't they? Um, Wednesday night. So that just moves me on to the next. Uh, point that I've got was the draft so like you've uh, both picked up on uh, we drafted Cole Anthony uh, with a 15th pick out of North Carolina uh, he will wear number 50 uh, a guard who can play the one or the two at 6-3 and as Mikey mentioned he was a top prospect this time last year uh, his college numbers uh, weren't too 
bad. 18.5 points per game, 5.7 rebounds, 4 assists in just under 35 minutes a game. Uh, shot the ball reasonably, um, 35% from three, 75 at the line, and got a steal. Um, but he was on a North Carolina team that struggled. Um, so playing with better players, uh, we might get a bit better um, output from him. Uh, so you happy with the selection? I know you've mentioned it in part, but... Yeah, yeah, I think it was a very good pick. Um, I think 15 was roundabout where Cole was projected to go, wasn't he? 15 to 20 in the end. Um, but yeah, again, if you look at his his high school career and and going into into the college game, he was he was going to be arguably one of the top five picks in the draft before he had a down season. Um, it fills a role, doesn't it? We needed a backup point guard. Um, I, I like it because I think it puts a little bit of pressure on faults um, in a good way. You'll probably see the two of them share the floor like we saw with DJ and faults at times this season. Um, so, yeah, and, and again, he, he, he gives us that threat from the outside, doesn't he, which we desperately need and, and we still need now. Yeah. Paul? Yeah, me. Um, I feel that we picked really well. We've uh, addressed a need that we'd, we've got. We needed some additional backcourt uh, cover um, and potential. I think it's interesting to see um, the figures that he did have last season um, and it probably skews um, his actual ability because I'd, I, I, we've, we've said this before when we've been talking about the draft and uh, our actual knowledge of it we don't see college basketball however since we've drafted uh, Cole Anthony um, I've been reading that the team he was in they often played with two centres they had very, very little shooting. As such, he was seen by the opposition as being the the only player of threat. Hence, he drew a lot of defensive attention. Now, in the NBA, uh, and on a team, as Mikey said, with better players, he's probably going to get more of an open look. He's probably going to get, um, I'm not going to say more time, but he isn't going to be necessarily double teamed uh, early mm. on. So we may see progression from him. Um, I, I've got to say, I'm really happy. Uh, I think that together with Markel, they could well play well together. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, but I'm very happy with the draft. Very happy with it. Good. Yeah, it was actually nice to wake up on Thursday morning. Um, I mean, p- picking 15th, I don't think any of us stayed up um, because we weren't picking until 2.33 in the morning, were we? <laughs> uh, where we'd normally stay up if it was the fourth, fifth, sixth pick. Um, and, you know, Magic Twitter was a happy place, wasn't it? Which was quite nice. <laughs> Unusual. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, we've got two questions um, that have come in from listeners um, surrounding uh, Cole Anthony. So I'll give you each one each. So the first one has come from Alan Kane. Um, can a false Anthony backcourt work? I'll give that to you, Paul. Okay. Um, I think it can. And the reason being, Markel in the playoffs was forced to shoot at times threes. 
and his shooting improved. He's gained a season, let's be honest, last season was basically a rookie season for him. He's gained a season of experience where he went from being the reserve point guard to being the starter, to being not just the starter, but also given the ball and chief playmaker. As such, his abilities most definitely improved and he gained really, really good, solid experience. Hmm. Adding Carl Anthony to that, his ability to shoot a ball, um, I read that he's got a very, very good um, stop and shoot game that is very, very quick. Uh, not necessarily the most... Um, Athletic when it comes to drives at the basket, but he's got a very good um, shot on him. As such, as a foil to one another, they can be a very, very dangerous backcourt, I think. Um, we'll see. We'll see, given time. I would expect that we're not going to see a huge amount of time to start with, um, with them both on the court together. I think that will come at a later point in the season when they've had time to start developing some form of relationship through um, the training sessions. Yeah. Well, the second question we've got is uh, from James from Wilkenham. And um, his question was, what role do you uh, expect Cole Anthony to play? High minutes off the bench or push for a starting spot? With you, Mikey. Uh, I think he's going to be coming off the bench as he needs to start off with. Um, I expect we'll see a lot of uh, faults MCW lineups and and our Anthony and MCW on the court together. I think it'll be a lot of two guard lineups like that. Um, I think he'll get his opportunity because he can he can shoot the ball. Um, whereas MCW and faults aren't. That's not one of their strengths. Um, so yeah, I expect him to play off the bench for most of the season. Um, I, I don't really see him pushing to start just yet unless he shoots the lights out and again he he puts so much pressure on faults that faults has all of a sudden got to start making making long balls to keep himself on the court um but yeah i, I think faults's job is is the starting point guard and, and anthony's coming off the bench behind him yeah no sounds yeah it sounds about right to me um, from the draft then, was there anybody you were disappointed we missed out on? Granted, we didn't make any moves. Uh, there was a lot of talk about maybe moving Evan. Um, you know, in and around, we spoke to Josh Robbins last week, in around the 7 to the 15 mark, there was a lot of players there. Um, Kira Lewis, you've picked up on. Devin Vassell, Killian Hayes went 7th. Uh, RJ Hampton dropped to 24. So there's a lot of talent there. Um, is there anyone you would have liked us maybe get a, another pick and draft? Personally, gee, I'm happy that we stayed at 15. Um, I, as I've said earlier, I don't know enough about college basketball to have any great opinions on any of the draft prospects that the we that there were. Um, the great consensus that I read was that there was no single outstanding player. Um, there were several who could go at number one. Um, and then once you got beyond sort of the top three, four, it was, 
I'm not going to say much of a muchness, but if you got a need, you were going to find somebody who was going to cover that and be a prospect. Um, and whether you went at seven or whether you went at 15, there wasn't going to be any major benefit to it, but you weren't going to be hitting a definite star that it would be based yeah. around potential and who actually um, makes the grade ultimately. So a lot of player development. So I'm pleased that we went where we were. Um, I think that we could well have been giving up something that we, you know, be it Evan, be it Evan or whoever, we know we're going to get points from Evan. So you're not guaranteed anything from a from trading up into the draft. Um, we've we've all seen us take some high draft picks and that they just haven't worked out. So I'm happy that we stayed where we were, kept what we've got on for this in respect of the draft um, and just went with what we got. I'm happy with that. Yeah. And on Evan there, um, I think he'd be more valuable trading at the trade deadline. You know, you get a team like maybe a Dallas or an LA Clippers who just won that bit of an extra scorer at the deadline. You know, we might be able to get a first-round pick next year for him. You don't know. Um, it's an expiring contract, so they're always valuable to have, aren't they? Um, another transaction we uh, witnessed on draft night was trading pick 45 to Milwaukee. Um, in return, we received two second-rounders. Just look at my notes. Um, either the Indiana pick in 2022, 23 or 24, and the Milwaukee selection in 2026. Um, now, I, I think this was done in part because we're going to have two rookies on the uh, roster next year in Okiki and Anthony. Um, anything more to add on that, chaps? I think it's the roster spots as well. I don't think we had enough mm. roster spots there. And we've already got a young team, like you said, including two rookies that we're going to have coming in this season. Um, Weltman likes a mix, doesn't he, of, of young players and, and vets like Vooch and Evan. AG you can throw in there as well. Um, so, no, I, I don't... It was a bit of much muchness, really, wasn't it? It wasn't a huge... Huge issue, I don't think. Um, I just I put it on Twitter. I just laughed because one of the picks was in 2026. So it's like get rid of it, <laughs> push it down the line. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's move on to the next point. So we've got a few returning players. Um, so we could re-sign players, people could opt in. Um, so we've got a number of returning players now for next year. Of course, uh, we're all aware Evan Fournier opted in to his 17 million deal. So that would be the last year on his contract. Um, three other uh, people returning. Um, Gary Clark, two years for 4.1 million. Uh, no team option or player option. So that's pretty good. Michael Carter-Williams, that I know we're all very happy he's returning. Again, two years, no options. Yeah. And then James Ennis, who opted out and he signed a one-year deal and Details haven't emerged yet uh, per team protocols. They don't really like to tell us that. Um, happy? Go on, Mikey. I, I, think, I think after the draft, we were all quite positive. I think free agency has just kicked us all <laughs> down, down where it hurts. Um, yeah, I, it's just been, I don't know, really frustrating, I think. Um, I tried alluding to it at the start of the podcast, but 
you think we've had two years where we've made the playoffs in a row. Last year felt like we had a bit of a step back. Um, and for us to take another step forwards, you would think that turning over some of the roster would go towards taking another step in the right direction. And the fact that we've just basically brought back the same roster um, by a few changes like Dwayne Bacon, which probably is the most frustrating one because that was what was that one of the was that the first signing I think we announced? Yeah, it was like five got, minutes past. The, and you're thinking, the, well, um, we're hit free agency, we're chasing Dwayne Bacon as your priority. And you're thinking, no, that's not quite right, really. Um, MCW coming back is great. Clark, yep, did a really good uh, job when he came in. Um, disappointed to see Wes leave. You both know I loved Awandu. Thought he was a really good guy off the bench. I'd, he had that little chip on his shoulder. He was really good defensively. I haven't got the stats in front of me, but if you have a look with the defensive numbers when he was on the floor for the Magic, all right, some of it was when he came in with the bench unit. We're really, you really to, good. You had to say that, mate. The only man within a Wundu jersey. I am. <laughs> I am. But, but um, no, again, players like Wes, you can find him free agency, can't you? He's, he's, not, mm. he's not a standout player by any stretch. But, yeah, I just it's just really frustrating because it doesn't feel like we're taking a step forwards. It feels like we're taking a step backwards because other teams around us are getting better. Um, and it feels like we're almost getting shoved behind a little bit. Um, yeah, what do you reckon, Paul? With regards to Ennis Clark and Michael Carter-Williams, first of all, is bringing them back. I can see the argument for bringing each of them back. However, they're going to be the same players as they were last year. Um, have they addressed any of the needs that we've got have they changed anything that we that we needed to look at and the answer is they were already here so no I'm really pleased that Michael Carter Williams is back because I think whenever he comes on he brings a fight um he may not be the greatest scorer but he ticks points over on a fairly regular basis um what he does bring is that defensive intensity the that other players pick up on and there's a grit and grime about him. He comes on, he's aggressive and look, I'm a Leeds fan, you know, for well, Leeds, <laughs> we love an aggressive player. <laughs> so he fits my profile perfectly well. Um, Clark. Yeah, I can see why as I can see why with both James Ennis and Clark, but I don't feel that they're going to push us forwards in bringing them back um in the same way yeah I, I feel the same about Wes it's a shame he's gone um you know full well I'm going to be absolutely gutted at DJ going um I always felt that I've said it before I know he can there were times he dribbled the ball that there was no air left in it by the time he'd finished dribbling however I just felt that he was always a spark for the team we were always a better team with him on the court um i know it's not a universally held view it's my personal view um i just really like the guy i wish him well um in the book in milwaukee at the books um that being said in the same way as 
I can't see what we'd have what we've addressed by bringing the others back. That same point would be the it would be made with bringing back DJ and Wes. Not, both were there for the last couple of seasons. Neither are going to address the the issues that we have. So I can rather than get hung up on disappointment at players that I like going, I can understand why those decisions have been made to move them on. Um, and, in, and in drafting Cole Anthony and then bringing in subsequently Jordan Bone, who I know is going to be on a two-way, but by keeping DJ, you're going to be keeping them from getting minutes and experience. So there's, mm. a, there's a strong argument as to letting him go that I understand. Uh, but I'm still going to be disappointed at my favourite player going. Um, yeah. Dwayne Bacon, that's got to be because of how much Steve Clifford believed it, believed in him in Charlotte. He saw a lot of potential with him in that season that he had um, his rookie season, I think it was. And when he was playing under Steve Clifford, he did produce some reasonable minutes, some scoring um We'll see. We'll see if he's going to be another one of those projects that arrives at the Magic needing a restart and finds a home that he's happy in and produces some good games. We'll see. But I, I'm, yeah. I'm underwhelmed. I'm underwhelmed on mm. our moves in free agency since since the draft. It's here we go again almost. Are you happy with yeah. that? No. Um, well, what I'm looking at is what players were available that we could have got. We didn't have any money to spend. There was nobody out there. There wasn't a Donovan Mitchell, you know, uh, slasher, scorer type person that we could have brought in uh, to address, you know, the scoring needs, the, the guy who needs the ball uh, late in the game uh, who can get his basket. It wasn't there. Um, and then you couple that with the fact Isaac isn't playing next year. Um I like the fact we've uh, drafted Cole Anthony. Um, we haven't overspent, as well, we haven't spent anything really, have we? But we haven't committed money to people to, I suppose, try and win now, where we're a bit sat back. Let's develop players. Next year's not going to be our year, let's be honest, you know? Um, so let's just try and develop these younger players, Gary Clark, um, and, and like you said, Dwayne Bacon. I just got a few stats here on Dwayne because I was just going to get to that uh, he's a magic fan grew up in Lakeland Florida so uh, I'm sure he'd be spending some time in, in the G League at some point uh, career averages of 5.3 points per game two rebounds one assist in 135 career games shot 35% career from three and played three years in Charlotte, first year under Clifford, as you pointed out, Paul. I think we spoke um, earlier in the week, and you said he had a really good um, percentage, like a corner three or something. Yeah, um, you said like in in his rookie season, he was he was doing really really well on the minutes that Steve Clifford gave him. Um, he was producing some good ball movement. He was producing a decent shot. So let's see if he can re if he can recapture it. I'm not going to be negative about that one. Um, I think yeah. it's unfair to slam a guy before he's even pulled on the jersey and had opportunity to show you what he can do on the court. Yeah. So 
um, so going back to how I feel, we, I don't think we could have done anything um, really to address those needs um, other than, you know, maybe getting another draft pick, getting two. I mean, we've got Okiki, so we need to see what he can do. We see what Cole Anthony does. So you've got two pre- players there. We don't know what they're about. And, you know, you just got to hope one of them hits. Um, so we'll go from there. Um, another, well, you, you picked up on, uh, we picked up Jordan Bone, a G-leaguer who's on the Pistons last year. We also picked up an undrafted rookie called Kareem Mane. Mikey's uh, very happy that he's got somebody who sounds like a Liverpool player. Um, and, of course, Dwayne Baker. I score like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, that leads me on, right? So we had a bit of fun with this, didn't we? It means we have a Clark on the roster. We have a Bacon on the roster. Sadly, no Jones on the roster. So um, we did. We did try pushing for it, G. We did. We did. So we had a little look at all the other Joneses in the league just to see what their status was as it stands. So unfortunately, Damian Jones uh, was a free agent. He's moved from Atlanta to the Suns for a two-year deal. Derek Jones Jr. We don't really want him, do we? You know, and a runner-up in the in the slam dunk contest and all that. Uh, he signed with the Portland Trailblazers. And um, Trey Jones, a rookie, um, drafted 41st by the Spurs. And then the last Jones was at Tyus Jones, for, uh, who plays for the Memphis Grizzlies. So unless we swing a trade for perhaps Tyus Jones, I don't think it's happening this year, boys. Who knows, so, G? We might draft somebody next year for you. Yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, so you picked up on the players leaving. Um, DJ, Wes, um, mentioned, you know, they are replaceable um, and we don't want to overpay. Um, somebody else who's um, left is at Melvin Fraser Jr. Happy? Of course I am. <laughs> I'm not gonna. You want me to lie? Oh no, gutted, mate, gutted. I'd have, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have offered him the crown jewels to stay. <laughs> no, no, more than happy uh, for me. He, you know, I've said it before. I just felt he he didn't try for the team. I just felt he happened to want everything to come to him. I'm maybe doing him a disservice, but that was my impression whenever I watched him. Um, I just felt I, I feel that if you are a bench player, uh, particularly one of those who comes on when it's either a blowout victory or a blowout defeat, it doesn't matter that those minutes are irrelevant as far as a game goes. Those minutes are relevant to show the team management what you can do. And as such, mm. you should come on and you should try and you should go off leaving absolutely everything on the court. Never did. Never did for me. Um, and that's why I wasn't a fan. Fair enough. He was he was one of those second round picks that Weltman's not got right, isn't he? I think of Wondu's yeah. probably the only one that he really hit on. Um, I mean, you talked about it earlier, Paul, didn't you, about about making the most of the assets that you've got. A one I think that's one of my frustrations. A Wondu's gone and you've got nothing for him, despite 
developing him into a, a decent defender and a decent role player on a, on a team. Um, I don't know about you guys. I'm really frustrated at this free agency and lack of moves. G? Yeah. I, but like I said earlier, I, we didn't have the money. I mean, we've got a mid-level exception, but you don't want to be throwing money at, unless it's a young potential prospect who could come in, you give him minutes. I, I know it's a bit far-fetched now, but like McGrady in 2000, he was, you know, in Vince Carter's shadow, he showed flashes. Um, granted, we signed him to a max deal. Um, you know, he came and he flourished. You need to... It's finding that diamond in the rough, and there's not many of them. So, yeah, the like you is, guys. There's one. The, go on, Mikey. I was going to say, the problem is, you're either going to get one in the draft or you're going to get one in free agency. And right now, we're not in a position where the top free agents want to come to Orlando, which Jeff Weltman is trying to change the perception of the magic across the league, showing teams and showing players that this is a place where you can come and play. And I don't want to say being on a winning team, making the playoffs and getting knocked out in the first round isn't where we want to be. But you look at the development of Markel Fultz in the first year, um, and some of the steps, some of the other players and make Vooch uh, being dra- traded here early in his career. And then we've helped him become an all-star. Um, I think I think the perception of the magic is changing. Um, I think as a fan base, we're all a bit frustrated in that we we can see that we need to make bigger changes and that hasn't happened. Um, sorry, I'm probably backtracking here a little bit, but I've gotten really frustrated with this last week. Um, it just feels like players like Vooch, we, I talked about it last week, I felt like he was probably the, the one player we probably needed to move on for because if you move Vooch, your whole team changes, the whole dynamic changes, your offense isn't run through Vooch, you've got to come up with something completely different. Um, you're never going to get better value for him than you were this week. Um, coming off a massive playoff performance against the Bucks, um, I think we all thought that Gordon, Vooch or Fournier, one of them was going to go this week and, and we're sticking with them. Um, I, don't, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just venting, I think, after this <laughs> week. But I, I don't know. I think we're all a bit fed up, really. It's, again, it feels like a lost season because we haven't got Isaac out there. Um Yes, it's a year they can see faults develop and Akiki's going to get his chance and so is Anthony as well. Bamba. Um, Bamba, yeah, he's got he's got to make it, he's got to prove himself though. Um, if you look You've at the free agency... with Mo. Sorry, Mikey, I thought you'd been... I was Sorry. just going to say, if you look at the free agency, Paul, this is one of my arguments for moving Vooch on, was if you move Vooch, you have players like Tristan Thompson, Nerlens Noel, and there was a handful of other bigs out there this in free agency that you could have quite easily have plugged that gap as a starting center for a year. Bamba could have carried on coming off the bench and built up his minutes as the season progressed. Um, but he wouldn't, have, but the offense wouldn't be run through Vooch as the primary person you're going to go to. Um, wh- what do you think? What do you think, Paul? Mate, my personal problem with us being able to move Vooch comes back to what we spoke about um, before the start of last season 
the amount of money that we actually paid Booch. For a centre, it's a hell of a lot of money. And you can get decent centres for a very reasonable price. Um, is it, You've got to, find, for, to move Vooch, you've got to find a team that have either got the cap space to allow that contract to come in and a need for a big, or a team that are willing to take on that contract and pay a luxury tax, or are looking to move on a bad contract in return. <coughs> Golden State. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you, you look at you know you look at what what was available to move Vooch to, and it's it was very very hard to find um, a feasible, realistic trade for him, where we got anything back that was actually worthwhile um, for the points that we lose that we would be losing from Vooch and the impact that Vooch has on our team. Um, you know, we only have to look back to the the Nets game, the comeback win in February. Was it February? Um, when he had that rant on the court. Um, that's, it's not always with Vooch a scoring impact or um, rebounding. There's, there's more to it. He is kind of the team leader, the captain of the team. Um, he can motivate the team. So I just found it difficult to see where we could get anything back that would be a, a good return and something that was um, an improvement for us. It's about getting a realistic return for Vooch um, that, I say, improved us or kept us in a, in a, in a similar position. Um, and I just found it difficult to actually see something in and around the league that was feasible to do that. Um, I can see the argument around giving Bamba more minutes, but we, we've got to see what how he is as a result of... Um, suffering with this long COVID. We don't know what impact that's going to have on his ability to play during next season. Um, so it was a difficult one. Yeah, I'm frustrated, but I come back to what I said at the start of, the, of this episode. We had so many issues to actually address and so many decisions to make around this squad. We were never going to resolve everything in one off-season. It was just never going to happen. So I think we've got to be prepared to accept some frustration this year. Yeah. Make the best one in the world. If we keep healthy, we could well still co compete. Well, that just brings me on to another question we've had in from Lewis Rushworth. Um, what's the ceiling for next season? By that, what I think Lewis means is how high can we finish? Um, and, you know, in terms of development of players, you know, could we see an all-star? Who knows? What do you think? You go first, G. Wrong. Yeah, all right then. Um, well, there's been a lot of um, free agent signings in and around our division. Uh, two teams who didn't make the playoffs last year, uh, the Atlanta Hawks, they brought in Danilo Gallinari and Rajon Rondo, uh, you know, two vets who've done it done it before. Um, so that'll make Atlanta better. Atlanta stacked with... Uh, quite a few high draft picks from recent years also. Um, 
another team, Charlotte. Um, whilst you know we've never really been afraid of Charlotte, uh, they've added Gordon Hayward, uh, who's a very capable scorer. So they're only going to get better. Um, you subtract Isaac from our team. Um, we're a little if you you know on paper, but you know the game isn't played on paper, luckily. So um, we might have trouble getting into the playoffs next year. Um, the only good thing is they've got this play-in tournament. So um, you know if you're in and around the nine ten and you get a, a game to get in um, or a best of three, whatever it is, then you know that'll be a bit of excitement. Um, but I don't anticipate we'll be in the top eight, if I'm honest. But um, I'd like to see us, you know, develop players, like you said, Fultz, Anthony, Okiki, Bamba, and hopefully a big season from Gordon. Um, that's what I'd like. Michael? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to echo what you said, to be honest. I, I don't see us finishing in the top eight as as things stand. Um, it's It's really difficult, isn't it? I'm going to kind of go back to what Paul said just a minute ago was you can see why the, why the magic have made some of the moves they've made. Um, trying to keep that consistency. So the younger players can develop whilst trying to stay competitive in the East. Um, but yeah, every, everybody else is getting better around us and it just feels like we aren't as things stand. Um I think our, I'd say I'd say eighth is probably our ceiling this season. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we got off to a off to a bad start to the season. That's when around the deadline that a Gordon or a Fournier might disappear for something, and then the end of the season's more geared towards developing the young players a little bit, and we don't even finish in. In the in and around the uh, the playing game for me next year's draft, I'd be looking towards that. Not tanking. I'm not. I don't think losing on purpose is a good thing, but missing out on the playoffs and getting a, a, a good a good chance of getting a good pick in a really deep draft and having a chance to draft a star next year. Um, that's what I would be looking for. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see us finishing eighth, and I, we might just squeeze in the play play in tournament as things stand. Well, okay, I'm going to be controversial here. <laughs> if we can stay injury free, and with the continuity that we're going in with, if we can hit the ground running, which will carry us for the first few weeks, it will only the impact of continuity will only be there for the first few weeks. But if we can hit the ground running with the continuity that we've got and we can stay injury three, injury free through the season, I think we can challenge for a sixth spot. Ooh. I actually expect us to be somewhere seventh to tenth. And I think I, I do overall agree with you both that I think eighth, ninth, tenth is more likely. Um, it could be that we just collapse completely and we end up with a really good lottery pick next year. And if that's the case, is it a disaster? No. It's without Jonathan Isaac this season, um, it's for me about further development for Markel. It's about development of Akiki and Cole Anthony. Um, we've got. 
another big off season coming up after that. So mm. if this season ends up being a disaster, I'm not too I'm not too worried. But I if as I say if we can stay injury free and with the continuity, I don't see why we still can't compete in the in that conference. Um, whilst cool. yeah, whilst Atlanta and Charlotte have all got better, um, I don't see that they're unbeatable. We've had two contrasting mm. seasons with injuries, haven't we? You think the year we we played the Raptors in the playoffs, we barely had an injury. And then last year, it felt like everybody was out injured at some point throughout the season and in and out of the rotation. Um, so it just feels like this season, we might get a balance somewhere in between the two. So if we do, there's, like you said, Paul, we might feel finish a little bit higher. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right, then. Okay, um, we haven't had this for a couple of weeks now, but it's one of my favourite parts of the show. So, a little quiz question for you both, okay? So, we're seeing keeping with um, what's going on this week. So, seeing as we're so close to get a Jones, Bacon and Clark on the roster, so I apologise to Paul on this because I've gone back a little bit now. Looking back at all the Magic rosters from former players, can you remember how many players have had each of our surnames? So, I'm not going to lie, Paul, there's only one Bacon. There's one Bacon, two Clarks, three Joneses. Can I have the Bacon site? Can I go for the Bacon question? You can. Just just Dwayne. (laughs) Well done. Mikey, I'll give you... Good night, everybody. I'll give you you the Clarks, Mikey. That's Gary and Earl. That is correct. And... And there were three Joneses. I think the most recent one was a 2012 two-guard who was undrafted, if that's a clue. Dequan. Dequan Jones is correct. He lasted one season with us. Uh, there's two others. Seasons before that, any guesses? <laughs> I forgot. And do you know what's really funny? <laughs> Jeez, he already told me them today. <laughs> I forgot them. <laughs> no. well, I'm, I'm, I'm out of this bit because I didn't start watching basketball until 2010. Yeah, so. yeah no, I do apologise, Paul. Don't uh, worry, mate. I'm, just, I'm hoping some of the listeners might might you know be able to have a guess. Uh, I know the, the likes of Ross and, and then like to play this game. So the other two were Solomon Jones... And Mark Jones. So there you have it. Um, so that, that wraps it up now for another week. Thank you for listening as always. And um, we'll see you next week for another Penny for Your Thoughts. Go Magic. Go Magic. Good night. You've been listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Please subscribe to the podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify and YouTube. Check out our website, orlandomagicuk.com, the UK home for fans of the Orlando Magic. And support us by using our links to the official NBA store and Fanatics for your official merchandise, including the NBA, the NFL and many more. Follow us at Orlando Magic UK on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. Go Magic! <laughs>